the hype train is and we're like oh my god this is terrible we're uh, so good can we just stop that crap Ireland could win the World Cup let's be honest oh Shane I could no why are we so afraid no. of this OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app the news round on Off The Ball with Gillette Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock this evening. We've got John Giles coming up on the football show, not till 9 o'clock. I want to give John a little bit more time and space because, well, Leeds United have sacked their manager and the Leeds United fans want to know whether John will give it a, give it a go at long last. Throw him in for the John Giles Derby on Sunday, live and off the ball. He was Again. supposed to get the job in, I think it was 1972, 1974 maybe? 1974, 1974 yeah. but they, and, they brought uh, in some other guy. Other clown. It seems to go, it went fine. He lasted that about done, as long as that, Jesse Marsh. Yeah, that Don Revy successor succession plan went really well, didn't it? Don wasn't going to take the mic at the end and say, your job now is to get behind the next guy. Don just, <laughs> uh, Don just moved on and went live on national TV. <laughs> Uh, I know we talk about that a lot, but it really does actually never get old as a like an incredible sporting story. Like the, 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 anything involving Clough, that Leeds United squad and sort of mid seventies football. Yeah, but and sorry, the the live television debate between mm. the outgoing manager and the former manager, absolutely insanity. Like we're coming up on the fiftieth anniversary of all this soon. By the way, if anybody hasn't yes. seen that, and I'm sure most people have. Do watch it on YouTube. The whole thing is there and it there isn't even a downtime moment in it. The whole thing is utterly bizarre and surreal and actually happened on live television. You could, uh, uh, Richie McCormick is uh, grunting away and nodding away in the background because this is uh, peak Richie nostalgia My wheelhouse. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could, in sort of TikTok zoom in style, just have it on Don Revy's face for the entire interview as, you know, the yeah. laser cro- and just the... <laughs> The disdain he shows for Clough the entire way through it. I'm surprised there isn't a series of just reaction videos or reaction gifts, uh, gifts of Revy from that uh, piece with uh, with Clough on Yorkshire TV. Like it's it's like again, Mick says it. It doesn't bear over. Like it can't be overstated how good a piece of television it is. Like for the bookings to surely sheer land in their lap the way they did. Uh, for Clough to be in the form that he was, if you believe Jonathan Wilson's book, he might have been uh, at the bar before he, he arrived in. Um, it's just an amazing piece of TV. We talk about access and stuff like that uh, a lot as well. But to have that level of access whereby one for, the former manager is, is placed beside the current manager. There was another, oh, I was on the big match, I think. There was two managers side by side having an interview. Terry Venables was one of them. I think Malcolm Allison might have been the other. Um where they just were opposing managers at the end of a match and, and speaking together. You just can't fathom the idea of something like that happening unless it's in a really controlled environment these days. And that's that's a huge loss. No, it wouldn't be quite as electric, I don't think, but it would be no. like Stephen Kenny leaving the Ireland job and we were like, right, how are we going to cover Stephen Kenny? And then an hour or two later, we've got Stephen Kenny and Mick McCarthy sitting in here with you, Nathan, and having the discussion. Just seeing where it all went wrong for Irish exactly, football. Yeah. And uh, we needed more crosses. What you do to Mick McCarthy, I'm not doing any uh, impressions you need more at cro- all. You need more crosses, Stephen. More crosses. And what, what would Stephen say in response, Richie? <laughs> Richie, the rest of the news right there, just go between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stop. It's a good point that you're making. <coughs> yeah, God damn it. Uh, John John is coming up. Uh, we, I'll, we'll talk to John off air about doing a 50th anniversary. Watch along. Live. 
Oh. On the anniversary, oh, I love watching I love the interview. I love these production meetings about something we weren't uh, on air that we weren't meant to talk about, which is like it's a great idea. We have two Don years. Levy. We have two years to get this. You've just given it away now. But someone else is going to steal the idea now, aren't they? Yeah, but we've got John. Well, they can't now. No, we've got property. it. It's, yeah, intellectual yeah. property, and and we've got patent John. Pending, John, patent John, pending, John, John refuses to do any of these things with uh, with anybody else. Uh, p- refused point blank to go on the Liam, Do- Liam Brady documentary. He said because they said that Brady was Ireland's greatest midfielder, and he said absolutely no chance am I taking part in that. <laughs> that's not true. That is not true. That is not, not even nearly not true. true. That is not true. Uh, we recorded John earlier on. We bring it to you on the radio at nine o'clock. You can listen to the podcast or watch it on our social channels. We do talk about uh, Leeds' search for a new manager. Just as John was sort of coming around to Jesse Marsh's style of football, he's gone. Uh, but he's also going to be talking about Liam Brady ahead of that documentary, which is finally, it seems, going to air on Monday night and just how brilliant a player Brady was and he gave him his debut for Ireland when he was just 18 against USSR and obviously uh, they spent it felt like a lifetime together on our TV screens as well so that's coming up on the football show after Did you ever watch that Liam Brady match sorry to interrupt what was coming up yeah. Did you ever watch that it used to be, there used to be I don't know whether it was TG Carter or whether it was like maybe Satanta or something but there used to be some place where you'd see random Ireland Satanta games in the 70s and they, in yeah. daily amount with people sitting on the roof and all and that game was on one time and it was like 17 year old Liam Brady with the most amazing like Doc Brown style <laughs> wavy <laughs> uh, uh, hair except brown and like he was 17 and I think we won 3-0 did we but yeah. Brady ran yeah. midfield and it was his debut can you imagine someone coming into an international team and just saying this is my team yeah. now lads <laughs> work around me and he's 17 years old well, it's, like, uh, it's that, it was that impressive honestly because if you haven't seen Brady you know him more for reputation and the way Arsenal fans of a certain age talk about him I think he was one of only two players that has a chapter to himself in uh, Nick Hornby's fever pitch you know uh, but like so he's obviously idolised for a reason but when you actually see him there way before his prime and you see how he just dominated an international game against a brilliant team and you're just thinking, like, I don't know if we actually, in modern times, talk enough about how special a player Liam Brady was. Do you know what, right? I'm about a third of the way. We got, we got sent uh, uh, a preview of the doc. Uh, I got about a third of the way through it. One of the best openings and one of the best first, like, five, six minutes to a documentary I've seen in a long, long time. It's, like, it's brilliant. It's genuinely brilliant. So kind of mark your diary for that one when it's on TV uh, in the next few days because... It's really, really, really uh, worth a watch and kind of I think would change a lot of people's perceptions of him um, if they've just been familiar with Liam Brady, the pundit that's been on TV for the past couple of decades. This will not only in a footballing sense, but I think in, in, in terms of the person that you that's on the screen, um, people have a different notion of him, I think, after this. Uh, speaking of uh, previews, I got a preview link for the new Netflix series, Full Swing. Eight oh episodes on golf. It's golf's version of Drive to Survive. It's going to do to golf what Drive to Survive did to Formula One and give people an interest for three months before they move on with their lives and stop Except thinking it's about not, it. Is it. It's really not. It's really not going to do that. Uh, the problem with all of these, and expectations were low to start with because they say they're trying to attract a new audience, which means actually the vast majority of people who watch it will be golf fans who know a lot of this stuff. <laughs> it starts on a private jet. Wait, we'll start. Justin Thomas and Jordan Speeth betting each other a thousand dollars if they can randomly guess a card that the other person is holding from a deck of cards. It sort of moves on from there. So at, le- at, at least they're relatable, Nathan. At well, least exactly. they're one hundred percent relatable people. 
Well, you see, the drive to survive people aren't, though. Like, I mean, there's an element of kind of like lifestyles that are rich and famous about the, you know, they're, nobody thinks that they're in the real world and they're all super rich and they live in this kind of weird environment. But in some ways it works because it's such an enclosed, small environment. There's only like 100 people involved in Formula One and in that kind of level, you know, whereas... Uh, but there's nobody. Golf, it's like there's a lot of people on tour. They're slightly down a level in terms of like they're. Well, they're the more interesting same. ones. So there's yeah. each episode. There's eight episodes. And look, go watch it. Even if you're a golf fan, there's there's little bits of behind the scenes pieces of like they're in the clubhouse at Augusta at one stage and go, wow, I never knew that was there. And you see Rory sitting for lunch with John Ram. Like that's how nerdy you get with this. Like, God, I didn't think Rory and John Ram would be sitting together for lunch. And mm. there's a few other players around. And Rory's definitely the alpha in the room. They're all when Rory talks, everyone stops and they listen to what Rory uh, is going to preach down from above. Uh, but they're also ready for it. All of these sports are now ready for it, so they know mm. how to make sure that they give a little, but not too much. And yeah. there is that explainer level of this would be far better if we said we don't want a vast audience. We want the golf fan to really dig into this and go as nerdy as possible. So you do have, you know, the three talking heads who appear throughout to sort of help you along with what's actually happening. So the first one of those is, so golf, right? 72 holes, four rounds. <laughs> and after two rounds, there's a cut. Unless you play the means, tour. Which means they get rid of half the guys. So they don't play the last two rounds and they don't get paid. And that's failure. <laughs> it's like oh, it's dramatic though or it. majors these are bigger than that this is where legends are made and their names are carved in stone it's like oh my god uh, there are there are decent bits uh, the episode in Brooks Kepka is quite interesting he's how many episodes have you watched for I've something watched you didn't like that much you watched, watched eight episodes eight. in a preview because, you have the time because what they well uh, I was still watching it last night at about midnight because Rory eight appears in each episodes. Rory no about 45 minutes Rory appears in each episode Richie's that email about Liam Brady only came in at two o'clock and he's already watched half it. Don't be criticising me. Yeah, but he's doing that instead of working. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe, Mick. Because uh, they put in about five seconds Rory in every episode and you go, is this it? And then the last episode is uh, on McElroy and around the Open and the Tour Championship. And some of that is the more interesting bit. Rory Keating's in it for about five seconds talking okay. about McElroy and how great McElroy is. A little clip from when he was on Sky one day. Part of the problem is the editing as well. Is they so they just how lucky were they to stumble upon Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Justin Thomas to be three of their main guys who won three of the majors, the first three majors last season. So they obviously get their final day. They realise they're in contention, and then they go backwards from there almost. So right, okay, because uh, yeah. I wonder are they always there's there there's too many of these is they the problem. To, so in, in for example in the way a lot of reality TV works from mm. what I've heard over the years is say well it is actually real but if you guys have a fight or whatever we're not filming you all the time but we'll hear about it and then tell you to reenact it you know so I wonder are they doing something similar where it's like yeah let's let's now do Matt Fitzpatrick your week leading up to uh, the US Open well it's Open, the same as when you're watching Love is Blind you're like why, why are they talking about uh, falling in love with them but then splitting up with each other wearing the same clothes sitting on the same couch <laughs> likewise with Ian Poulter they go to Poulter and it's are you going to live and there's a long silence of Poulter sitting on the couch and then four minutes later he's got live <laughs> live golf that is <laughs> it took me a second like, <laughs> like what what and then four minutes later it goes back time. and he's joined live and he's still sitting on yeah. the same couch and he's like yeah it was a business decision I'm yeah. not a fan of uh, not getting paid for my work so listen See, watch editing. it do you know 
we were I know we, we've talked about the kind of like the fact that we've just had a deluge of these and there's more to come and I, I think we will have to be a bit more pick and choosing in terms of what we watch but I was thinking about the Six Nations one in the second half of Ireland Wales when Wales obviously came out mm. with a rod up their you know what and the atmosphere kind of built and Bigger was kicking penalties before the ref was ready you know what I mean just they were getting on there was a real sense of we have to rise this so you'd imagine that was an interesting mm. halftime dressing room and it's like if they're in there and if they have that real access, you almost cut and butt. There's no way that they'll be prepared. There's no way that they will be able to... I don't know if they'll have that. I don't know if they'll be allowed to well, if they're not, that. If they're my not, expectations they're not. for yeah. that are rock bottom. No, see, Even below my expectations m- for what the golf Mine were. were too. And then I'm almost thinking it's like, right, you're getting the golf. It's a much slower environment. They're, they're always going to be acting when the cameras are there because there is no one moment. Mm. Whereas if you're in there in the dressing room, at half time, when Gatland is like, I can't believe what a bunch of clowns you are. There will, like, you can't hide that. Like, that's just going to be there. It's just whether they have a good enough deal that they're there for it, first of all, and then whether they're able to use it and whether they don't over-edit it to hell. There could be some interesting insights in it. But we'll see in a year or two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're, we're tight on time. Go watch the golf uh, documentary. Richie, give us your uh, non-golf fan opinion next week when you're finished with the Lean Brady doc. Do it on work time. Uh, I'll try to, yeah. Do it on work time. Try to fill the errors somehow. Uh, So, Ireland have named their team another injury blow. Yeah, Andy Farrell making one enforced change to his Ireland starting 15 for Saturday's Six Nations test with France. Rob Herring will start at hooker with Dan Sheehan missing out due to a hamstring injury. Ronan Keller provides cover on the bench. France head coach Fabien Galtier has been able to name an unchanged starting 15, but Francois Quo and Baptiste Quiu are introduced to the replacements at the expense of Thomas Laveau and Nolan Legarek. Farrell was asked and indeed was putting a positive spin on Sheehan's absence today. It's not nice for Dan. Uh, obviously, he's a fantastic player at the top of his form, isn't he? You know, um, So anyone, I suppose, would, would miss a, a player in that type of form of, uh, of what Dan's in at this moment in time. But at the same time, I sound like a broken record at this moment in time, you know? He's, he's great. He's great in the sense that this is exactly what's going to happen down the track in the World Cup. You know, international rugby's only going to get bigger and better. And so therefore, it's always going to be about the squad. When you get to the World Cup, you have a smaller squad. You know, there's a 12-day turnaround there as far as, and rightly so, as far as concussions, concerned, HIAs, etc. So you're always going to be numbers down and you've got to be able to roll with the punches as far as that's concerned. So we're happy with how our squad is developing, pushing each other, competing against each other. And Rob has been always added to our performance. Let's put that, let's put it that way, you know. So uh, and I also think that he, he can do a, a good job in, in, in this type of game for us as well. Yeah, Andy Farrell there. Uh, the news round brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. We're going to have a lot more ahead of the rugby after 8 o'clock. We'll be joined uh, by Grace Davitt and Rory O'Connor to look ahead of that clash of the top two in the world rankings. Uh, coming up at half seven, we're going to talk to Cyrus Christie. Uh, scored a brilliant goal at the weekend for Hull. Uh, they're moving up there, closing in on the playoff places. Uh, scored against Cardiff. Spent last season on loan against Swansea. So was well up for it. Oh, yeah. Getting a lot of love. Swansea, yeah. He's getting a lot of love from the Swansea fans. And also then Callum Robinson missed the penalty and he basically uh, worked his magic to put Callum Robinson off. 
Callum yeah. Robinson misses it. I was like, well, you know, what about the old uh, international allegiances there? He was going for the short-term hit from the love from the Swansea fans. <laughs> well, Robinson was taken off soon after, so I kind of wondered what happened in that. But uh, Aaron Connolly and Cyrus Christie, that's going to be our uh, one of our championship teams to watch then. for uh, uh, Sean McLaughlin as well. He was uh, tipping yeah. for a potential call-up to the Ireland squad. Uh, really interesting, uh, Cyrus Christie, who's had a very tough couple of years at Fulham where he wasn't getting on with certain people at the club, was not allowed to train with the first team, they didn't seem to want to let him go and make a move, was having some issues in his personal life as well, but has gone on that path of going out and loan to Forest, then to Swansea, and now he's settled up at Hull and he's just gone 30 and seems to have entered another stage of his life where he realises, you know what, maybe I can get back to the top. He was mentioning Tim Ream, who he used to play with at Fulham, who's 34, 35, he's playing the Premier League week in, week out. His manager, Lee Marzini, didn't get into the Premier League, he was 32 and ended up getting two, three years there, so yeah. maybe... Uh, not gone from the Irish setup. He played against Ukraine. He started the game against Ukraine, but hasn't got a huge amount of opportunities under Stephen Kenny. He feels a lot of that's still down to the hangover from starting the night against Denmark and copping a lot of flack for that. I was trying to point out, don't we're, we're all in on Martin O'Neill on that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Stephen Kenny's going to be too worried about that. I think the problem is that, like, even Seamus Coleman was brilliant at the weekend. Mm. Like he really was. Like, well, that's whenever, I, I pointed to, that out. Whatever to play well, Seamus Coleman still plays well, even at this age. How and unfortunate it's like, are you that? And you've got Matt Doherty. Like mm. there was a time, and it might not be the case anymore, when Ireland's two best players are about right backs. And if you're the third choice, choice right back there, you're not going to get many look-ins, unfortunately. But uh, it's not as if like you know he should be very far away from the Ireland setup or team. Really, you know, like he's obviously someone that's playing at playing well at a similar level to the majority of the squad. And has been consistently for years. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, he'd be there, thereabouts. So that's coming up at half past seven. Uh, Andy Farrell uh, had said elsewhere in his press conference that the atmosphere around Sandy Mount, Sandy Mount. Was, was, it was hopping because people are ready for this game. I'm just wondering around South Dublin, is it the fact that Kilmico Croaks are the All-Ireland champions? It's been officially confirmed. And is maybe is there another parade happening? Well, Sandy Mount now is, uh, Sandy Mount Sandy is uh, Clan Gale, like you know, is come on, yeah. So like, where does know, Kilmacud stop and where does Kilmacud end? That's a whole other controversy well, yeah, that exactly. I don't want to get into right now. <laughs> ah, Shane Walsh. <laughs> I know, come on, I mean, in the actual, in the actual uh, parishes of of it's, South it, Dublin, it's a wide ranging catchment area. Yeah, mm. there isn't many clubs around it, you know, but they have um, been formally awarded the title, Richie. They have at last, yeah. Glenn withdrew from the appeals process on Friday, having objected to Croaks having 16 active players on the pitch for the final play of the match. I'll be delighted to see the back of that sentence. After a meeting with the CCCC, Croaks agreed to withdraw their own counter-appeal, bringing the whole saga to a close. And Croaks in their own statements today, saying they welcomed the decision. Uh, so, in golf, the Phoenix Open is on this week. This is a huge tournament. It's the one with the 16th. It's the stadium around the 16th, the par 3. The Waste Management Open, it used the, to be, is it? It is still the Waste still Management is, yeah. Open. Okay, the uh, Wasted Americans is basically what <laughs> yeah. it's turned into, where you have about 80,000 drunk Americans. Last year it started <laughs> that after they take their shot, if you don't make the green, they just start throwing their drink cans on you. And now part of it is that when you leave the green, they run on and they have to basically push off about 200 cans of beer. Mm. So everyone just throws their beer cans onto the green wow. as you're finishing up. Is this sorry? This is Phoenix this weekend. Phoenix this the Super weekend. Super Bowl is now in, in Glendale, like yeah, so. That's yeah, obviously yeah. a pretty busy. Uh, it certainly is busy weekend. I wonder will it affect the crowds? Uh, it doesn't seem so. So generally on Super Bowl Sunday, they start early at the yeah. 
the waste management and the crowds sort of dwindle. It's a bizarre tournament because by the time it gets to Sunday evening, a lot of people have lost interest because it's always Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And particularly this year when it's in... It's in the same place, it's basically. It's in the same yeah, place. The, the, uh, a suburb down the road. But like they have that. these new elevated events now, which means all the best players play at the same tournaments all of the time, and this yeah. is one of them. So whereas Phoenix, you would get an OK field, everybody is playing this week. So Rory is there, Spieth is there, Thomas yeah. is there. Uh, so yeah, it should be, be good. Golf nice demolition derby. Nice little warm-up. Uh, but uh, Tom McKibben, who needs Rory McIlroy, eh? Absolutely, yeah. County Down golfer Tom McKibben holding a one-shot lead after the opening round of the Singapore Open. The DP World Tour rookie shot an eight under par round of 64 today. Gary Hurley is three under par there. John Murphy is two over. But McKibben was delighted with his round. Yeah, very good. Very good day. Um, going out there after the practice rounds, the course is pretty tricky if you find sort of the wrong spots in the greens and stuff. So sort of navigated the course well. And as you said, eight birdies and no bogeys was, was pretty nice way to start. Uh, yeah, really good story, Tom McKibben, because he's been talked about for years and it always felt, because he's from Hollywood, he's from the same place as Rory McIlroy, it was almost a, oh, we'll just connect these two together. But ever since he was 12, 13, getting invites to pro-ams and all of that, and I never really actually knew whether he would turn out to be a decent golfer or whether everyone just liked the storyline of he's the next Rory McIlroy because he's from the same place. But uh, turns out he's actually a pretty goddamn good yeah, golfer. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those, um, it's a classic Thursday when you you kind of take notice of someone that you haven't paid too much attention to in the past and then watch out for him then for the rest of the weekend and hopefully beyond. Uh, so, Lowry and McElroy out in the course? Yeah, there was a 90-minute delay because of frost there, actually, today. So, it wasn't until after half four that McElroy and Larry got their first rounds underway. Uh, they're playing at opposite ends of the course. They both have eight holes to play. McElroy is one over par at the moment. Shane Larry is two over. There's a whole clatter of golfers, including Troy Merritt, Adam Long, Charlie Hoffman, and Xander Schauffele, all on two under par. Seamus Power won't get his first round underway until 10 to 10 Irish time due to all those delays. Yeah, golf weekly is up and waiting for you the usual 90 minutes spectacular otbsports.com forward slash golf weekly yeah. if you want to sign up like Just Mick has 3.99 3.99 a month a week a month I don't know a, a month, month I think plus that <laughs> plus that we're legally obliged to say that are we have time for one more story Richie uh, we'll go to the Worcester one actually because there's anger at the decision to effectively kill off the Worcester Warriors over in England the English club entered administration in September with the Atlas Group being placed in charge at the start of this month they had hoped to see Worcester resume in the championship next season however Atlas are unwilling to take on the club's debts which range between 5 million and 8 million pounds so former players and employees will now go unpaid and instead Atlas have decided to invest in English fourth tier club Stourbridge and rename renamed them Six Ways Rugby so the Worcester Warriors name and indeed club is dead no. All right, Six Ways Rugby is a terrible name for a club. Absolutely, way, but, uh, it sounds like a service station. Sounds like a service yeah. station off a yeah, motorway really in the UK, does. which maybe it is. Uh, Richie, thank you. Enjoy the rest nice of the Liam Brady documentary. I'll try. I'll try and get around to it between, between uh, now and ten o'clock. Yeah, all right, thanks. you do that, yeah. and uh, then uh, full swing as well. We want your uh, Richie McCormick review, Mick. You be around for the evening. I'll pop in. Whether we like it or not.